What did you expect? Welcome, Sonny. Make yourself at home. Marry my daughter. You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are people of the land. The common clay of the new West. You know. Morons. Here we go. It's the first quarter to begin. You want to toss up a Hail Mary. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. If you're good at something, never do it for free. I'd like to be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not Halloween. Look, my friend, this is just where you and I differ. Grow up, Peter Pan. No chocula. If my answers frighten you, Vincent, then you should cease asking scary questions. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. Well, I'm up next to Jacks. After mom was spent burning the board. SB futures down 18 and a quarter, and NASDAQ futures down 30 and 50 cents. Down a little bit here because the uh, Chinese uh, uh, revenue numbers came in and uh, lower than expected. But uh, I mean, who are these expectators over in China, I ask? You ever meet a Chinese expectator, Matt? I can't say I have. Do we have Mr. Greg? I am not a Chinese expectator. Have, no. you, ever, <laughs> have you ever met one? I'm not sure I have. Uh, yeah, I'm not so great with the words. What's an expectator? Well, like in your mortal words of uh, uh, Richard J. Daly, not Richard M., they were, the news media was at him one day about certain allegations, and he goes, what do you mean allegations? Who are these alligators? <laughs> so when people say... He was here to preserve disorder. Yes, the police are here to preserve disorder. Um, but then again... When people say you missed expectations, my first question would be, who are the expectators? Who are these people? Exactly. The unnamed. You see, now, what we have to do now is if I was a, a seasoned commentator, rather than being just a, a schmuck trader doing a, a, a <coughs> radio show, um, I would be one of these guys. Nothing would ever be me, Greg. It would always be like if you're smooth, you're on CNBC, and I'm talking to you, I'd say, gee, Greg, most economists disagree with you what do you think about that and you go okay <laughs> how do you, f- well, you how, know, how do you fight most of it or you know who uses that a lot oh uh, i don't know people all do now but who started it i have no idea well i'm not sure who started it but one of the great uh, implementers of that strategy is, you know people say lots of people are saying you know yeah many of my friends are saying yeah was it what, what was the song in, what was the song in uh Officer and a gentleman, I don't know, but it's been said. <laughs> you know, the, uh, what, Air Force wings are made of lead or something like that? I don't know, but it's been said, you know. By who? Well, just Good way said. to drum up business. Yeah, good way to drum up business. But, yeah, I just say, you know, I, some people say, you know, whatever. So you just roll that one out there. So what's going on Actually, in the... Uh, you're not wrong. No, you're never wrong. It's, a, you know, well, a lot of Nobel Prize winning economists would say this. Where are they? Who are they? Have the expectators... <clears throat> said anything about Home Depot or Walmart this week? I'm kind of curious about that. Um, I don't know. Speaking of which, I have a field report from the Home Depot and from my little uh, my calculations. The more I keep doing them here, Greg, the more I, I'm convinced I'm right. But, of course, the world thinks I'm... There's no idea what I, whether they think I'm right or not. But uh, <clears throat> my, my conclusion I'm coming to here is that 
85% of the economy is going one way and 10 or 15% think they're going the other way because all the money is concentrated. And you, you can see it, I think, in every... If you ask somebody uh, what a high-end restaurant was doing, they're all doing well. The other, other guy's not so much. Well, if you take a look at Darden over the past month and a half, you look at that stock and it's doing great. And, and I think that uh, it's, it looks to continue, maybe. Well, it, it it could very well, but I'm saying, the uh, you can't just we 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 have to. Well, I think we should not have to. We should divorce ourselves from what's actually happening to what stock is saying. Ah, uh, you know, because I mean, stock can. Uh, all right, so your your mayor was out this morning, declaring victory. Well, on one on one side, I'd say Home Depot. They look like what four or five bucks a share earning for consensus earnings and then walmart on the other hand <laughs> i think they've got earnings either tomorrow or this yeah. week and you know that look that could be brutal again well so. there i was on saturday mind my own business doing research for the show um so i got workers over at my place right so of course i'm going back and forth to home depot because you can never make one trip right so uh the girl who lives downstairs works for one of these you know high-end uh Restaurants at the convention business and the you know the one percenters. Of course, you, you you forget the fact that when when Gibson's is having a good year, she doesn't work for Gibson's. Um, you forget the fact that Morton's and Ruth Chris's have closed during COVID, right? So it's really difficult to to uh, ascertain how well Gibson's is doing because they've got business in two places that are no longer here. Maybe more. There might be more steakhouses than one under. I don't know. Uh, Right. Gibson's but, is a behemoth. I think they're one of the. Uh, they might do what close to fifteen or twenty million a year. I think. Yeah, but I'm saying I mean, Morton, all the restaurants, you know, Hugo's. Yeah. And, what I'm saying is, is, uh, is, is Morton's was the number one steakhouse forever, and they just said screw it during COVID, right? Ruth Chris's was a solid place, and they they closed too, right? So I mean, you're so we, we forget, you know, when, at when you various say, times, yeah. But I mean, you forget. Well, even if you go to the Tripoli. And you say, well, they're having a pretty good night, and you see the eight guys at the one end of the bar. Those guys were the contractors. They always used to be across the street at Shoes, which is now closed because of COVID. So you sort of got to be careful when you when you do the numbers. I'll use the term rigorous, not careful, right? I mean, so, I mean, you guys at, uh, at Ceres and downstairs at O'Neill's had a huge last Thursday. Well, how many places are open oh, around yeah. there? I mean, how many people are open around there? Nobody. You got the place around the corner on well. Not a lot of people were open. Yeah. I think a better gauge of kind of broad market, though, would take a look at DRI, and you can see in, like, January 20, they were about 115 during March of uh, 2020. I think they probably got down, they went from 115 to about, you know, 55 or so. So that that was a good representation of the country as a whole. And then now you'd see we're, we're past uh, the beginning of before the pandemic. So we're maybe five or ten percent higher than that. So well, we've, we've well, we've raised prices up. I guess well, my 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 research, and uh, the girl downstairs works for one of these high end joints, and she goes, "Yeah, I've been busy all week, and they wanted me to do a double shift today, and I didn't do double. I'm just doing one." But yeah, the place was packed. So the second time I go to Home Depot, the the drive in uh, Elston and uh, uh, what the hell's the name of the street? North Avenue. Uh, we used to go there for lunch. My guys like that place. Well, now they closed. They're part of this whatever. I don't know if the, if the guy's doing all that uh, Lincoln Yards or whatever. I don't know if they're part of that or they just closed. Well, they closed. 
So now there's one less place there. So then I said, well, the lady at the uh, Home Depot has a hot dog stand, and the food there is great. I mean, she, she does a great job. Plus, she's sweet as all get out, uh, Hispanic lady. And uh, so I go, uh, give me a couple of Polish. These guys like the Polish. She goes, well, I don't have any Polish. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I can give you, how about if I give you a double dog for the same price? <laughs> okay. And uh, she goes, I'm closing in a half hour. I said, it's 1230. What, what are you doing closing? She goes, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. She goes, I've done 60 bucks so far today. And, uh, and you were 20 of it. Yeah, and I was, well, I was, no, God, no, I was like 14 with tip. Um, so she, but I mean, I, I noticed that I was able to get a guy every, every time I needed help at home. There's nobody in the place. She, and this is the one on North Avenue that was the number one in the system. I go, well, so how's it going? She goes, well, I don't even open on Sunday anymore. She goes, on Saturday, I might be going to do that. She goes, during the week, I still do okay because the contractors all, they love hot dogs. And she has great, good beef sandwiches and everything. It's cheap. Uh, I'm sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. I mean, all of a sudden, so the, the, here, here's a lady who can't make 60 bucks to one's hot dogs, and then the, the, but yet the high-end joints are jammed. I'll bet if whoever writes the column, maybe Matt can find it, there's a guy who keeps track of, uh, of high-end hookers and low-end hookers. <laughs> I'll bet the high-end hookers are expensive and the low-end hookers are really struggling. I'm on the case. That would be a... So, they, so your mayor was taking credit this morning of how, how much the shootings have come down. Does she have... Is she in another world? What world I is think she the in? mayor has an election coming up, and she it's, you, you say what you want to hear, and the people who want to hear things hear them, and the other people ignore them, and that's kind of par for the course. Um, 13 killed and 49 wounded. don't matter. Right. Well, there are 9 killed and 40 wounded. So last year there were 13 killed and 49 wounded. That's a, that's a terrific plus. Two years ago, it was five killed and twenty-five wounded. I mean, what what, you're, what do you want to compare yourself to? <laughs> uh, a military state. Yeah, I mean, you what, see all the cop cars lined up in the loop over the weekend. That was even more than usual. What were they doing? Well, you don't want shootings down here, but you don't care. Here's a a five lot shot at eighteen hundred seventy eighth Street. Well, that's a four. One, two, three, four, five. No, five. It's, it's unbelievable. It's every expressway. Every expressway, 43rd and Western. I know that some of the higher-end restaurants in West Loop, I think like Little Goat and a couple other you know, good places, are packing up shop there and they're moving to Southport Corridor. So I think there's like one carjacking a week around around there. It's getting to be too much for them. Well, the, uh, the issue, boy, this is even, even disgusting to say, the what used to be considered a tremendous advantage to a city having public transportation. Nobody wants those people to be able to get to your place easy. So now if you're near the subway, you don't want to be near the subway. That used to be the way where your workers got to work for a reasonable price and could live, you know, in a nice part of the city and get here and, and your cost of uh your cost of coming to work was next to nothing. I mean that was I mean I, when I was growing up it was twenty five cents. And you didn't need two cars in the family. You didn't need that kind of stuff. Uh, and now the whole idea of the West Loop, now that's become the spot where everybody wants to move over there because it's all, I mean, now you, 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 don't, you don't have the riff, the riff and the raft that comes to the loop. And all of a sudden, the problem is the, the current criminals don't seem to know any geographical boundaries. I mean, you never saw anybody. Well, they're smarter than the, or they're smarter, or they're in cahoots with, you know, who's running, or they made deals, or whatever. So 
Well, that could they be. Don't get in trouble. But I'm saying when I was uh, uh, your your age and, and, and dashing about, uh, the only place anybody was, I mean, if, the only place in the city that single women lived was near Clark and Division. And one of the reasons for that was every stewardess in the world, back when they were stewardesses, not flight attendants, you didn't have a, an expressway down to Kennedy, so you wanted to be able to get back and forth to O'Hare, and there was a bus that left from the Ambassador East like every hour or maybe even every 45 minutes, and that's where everybody got to work. Now, all those buildings down there were jammed with stewardesses and, uh, and, and other people, and that was where people lived. Well, they went down to, the, the, used to call it the Cabrini Jewel at, at LaSalle Street there. And inside, you know, half the people got dough and wearing, wearing, some of them were in fur coats, and the other people were on food stamps. And you walk out the door, and some group, one group turned right and one group turned left. And, and the people from Cabrini never went over to Clark and Division. They never messed with anybody in, you know, what's the name of the street over there, Ascot or whatever, whatever the, the real high-end street or North State Parkway. And now people are all over the place. I mean, Lincoln Park, there's shootings. There's Beverly, there's shootings. I mean, it's, it's in every expressway. I don't know how the hell people... I mean, I drove down the expressway last night, and all I kept thinking about is, wait, you know, where, where's the gunshots going to start? I mean, it's, it, 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 is, it is unconscionable what, what, what's happening here and then what it's doing to property values and what it's doing to everything. I mean... Uh, well, property values are, are up. I don't know. No, they're not. I mean... They probably would be higher if they, we didn't have a giant crime problem. Well, but I'm saying, look at your... For whatever reason. But how many buildings around here are in foreclosure? I mean, 175? That commercial real estate, yeah, the office space, but the residential, that, there doesn't seem to be enough of it. Well, okay. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't know who wants who wants to live down here when there's no when, when nobody's working down here. Anyway, what's going on in the uh, in the world of commodities? The uh, we've got a little bit of a bid in gold last week. Not so much this week. It's down back under eighteen bucks. Why, why can't why can't gold get going? Why can't silver get going? Even though people keep saying it's going to, even though prices keep going up, even though the CPI number came out the other day. What's what's going on in the corn? What's going on in the other? Is it a bumper crop going to take everything down here a little bit, or already has? I think you know we got some good news last week. The weather is going to be improving a little bit. You know, if you go west, uh, and that was the big drought zone, so that's going to get some rain. We did come off like a little bit, meaning you know twenty or thirty cents. But the beans and corn look probably top five or top ten for for uh, yield. I think the, what was it, the corn yield is going to be around uh, 175 bushels per acre. That was just under what they expected. There was some, you know, weaker, or strong sun, excuse me, so that pushed it down in the corn belt from 177 uh, estimates. And then the beans probably are going to be around 52 bushels per acre. So these are, you know, really good numbers for the states that, do a whole bunch of grain farming. What um, when we yeah we first started the show before that, we had some guys some farmers on, and in those days, well, where are we? We're twenty twenty two. I'm going to say in two thousand and five, it took a real stud cake and a good year to get over two hundred bushels an acre. But now, really, anybody with the, in the really good swath in Indiana. Illinois and Ohio, Iowa, if, if they're not getting over 200, they're pissed themselves, right? I mean, it's the new seed. Well, yeah, we do have the best land and the best fer- fertilizer and all that other fun stuff. You know, say Iowa, Illinois, 
Indiana. Another thing that the farmers probably were pretty happy about was the, uh, it was either USDA or or uh, NASS, which is a division of USDA. So they came out with the cropland values and what they what happened over the past year. And so those were up, you know, more than 10% across the board. I think if you average it out by yield, um, Illinois farmland is probably close to 9,000 an acre now. Wow. So that was up about 13% from last year. So uh, the, what's it called, inflation bill, we'll see what happens to cropland what, what, what a bunch of crap. That, I was just reading this morning before we did the show that they're, they're expecting people's electric bill to go down by $228 a year because of this. I'm going to say that five years from now, his electric bill is going to be up. I'll take I'll <laughs> take that I'll take that bet with anybody. My favorite part of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was the 15 percent on uh, billion in income, net income, or whatever the yeah. minimum tax was. The CBO or whoever does the estimates of how much money they're going to make said they're going to make like 350 billion or 400 billion over the course of 10 years. And I'm just wondering, you know, does that even plug a quarter of the hole that no. <laughs> that was estimated for this year or next year? Like, I think our multiples are off. Well, does, does anybody really think that the companies are going to do that? You know, you know what they're. You know if what it they're, were me, I would just make sure that there was another company that had a net net income of less than a billion, and then you kind of create more companies until. You have uh, maybe if you had fifteen billion in income, maybe you have fifteen subsidiaries that each have a billion. Well, well just why don't you just, pub- just publish the tax number? What's the difference? Right. That would make sense. Well, c- for those that don't, how are you supposed to obscure and pay less taxes? Well, for those that don't know what the, what, the, what they're talking about here is, uh, be brief. Uh, if I ever can be brief, a lot of companies, most companies, have two sets of books, right? I mean, in terms of especially if you're, if you have a lot of, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, fixed products, a lot of trucks, a lot of buildings, a lot of stuff that a lot of places have, or if you're an airline company where you got, you're depreciating your leasehold and blah 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 blah. So uh, what you do is you have two sets of books. One is you might do straight line depreciation in your financial books that you're showing people, but in fact you're using uh, with a double declining balance or. Somebody years digits. My, my old accounting. That's not bad for forty years ago, isn't it? Right. Uh, so, you, so the. You, and, and, but if you know what you're doing, not that I do, but uh, we had our late, the late friend of mine, Bob Golden, who's come out once in a while and explain to listeners how you can look at the annual report, look at a couple of footnotes, and you can get from the financial numbers to the, or shall we say, the, the reported numbers. You you can get to the tax numbers, right, Greg? Because there's a footnote that says reserve for future taxation, and that's the difference between what you're telling people and what the tax number is. So what the hue and the cry is, is that, you know, Greg Inc. comes out and says, I made $3 billion last year, and you look and see they actually didn't pay any taxes. Well, that means on the tax books, they didn't make anything. Right, Greg? So what they're saying now... Yeah, they made $3 yeah. billion over the next 10 years. Well, I mean, it's, it'll, in, in, in theory, it comes back to you, okay? Because But still... It, it sort of doesn't, you know. Like if you use a uh, a last in first out inventory instead of fir- FIFO, well, you know, the the coal at the bottom of the bottom of the bin might be, you know, a, a dollar a ton, right? I mean, you, you sort of never get there um, unless the place goes under. So, but, but the point being is now they're saying 
you have these tax books where you don't owe anything, okay? But you're telling people you made a billion dollars, but then there's no taxes, so people are pissed off. Here's a company that's telling me they made a billion dollars and they paid no taxes. Well, they're telling me they made a billion, but on the tax books they really didn't make anything. So the, the law allegedly says if you're going to tell people if you made a billion, well, now you have to pay at least 15% on what you're telling people you made. Is that the sort of the, the crazy story here? So you can either do one of two things. You can either pay the 15%, and so essentially you know, you're still paying less than the full rate, or you can say, the hell with it. I don't, I don't, what do I care what I tell these people? I'm going to tell them the tax number. I didn't make anything, even though here's my cash flow. So if people had a brain cell working, they would still recognize that if, you're, if, you're, if your cash flow is that much, even though you've managed to use all these, these ways to get down to no income, you're still doing pretty good, right? And you can still pay dividends and all that other stuff. Well, yeah, some states maybe not. But the, uh, so in other words, you, you, you can still get there. If your goal is to pay no taxes, all you got to do is give people the tax numbers, right, Greg? Oh, definitely. So it's, you know, you wonder what, it, it's another piece of crap, basically. And then, uh, you know, and then you talk about, you know, your houses, where everything is going to be a tax, you know, if you get a new door, it's an ener- energy efficient door, okay. How much do people have to pay to get their door to have a stamp on it that says this this door is energy efficient, therefore it counts? You know, I mean, come on. That's a lead. You're a lead certified. Yeah. My question is just really, why are we off by so many when they're going to be saving or or they're going to be gaining? Excuse me, say 350 billion or 400 billion over the course of 10 years. Why is the budget gap like a trillion dollars? If we're if we're doing 10 year projections in the in the tax planning. Why are we spending multiples of that in one year? It seems like very, <laughs> very off in the moment. Oh, so we're not even, it's, it's always in the future. Because there, there's, a, there's a huge uh, branch of economics, and I'm, I'm surely not one of these people. Um, and there, neither, there's a few guys that are not, the Larry Summers in the world. He used to be, but he's kind of, he's, he's kind of coming around. Um, there, there's a group that says we have a, a thirty trillion. Well, our, our national debt is up to thirty point six trillion dollars, which is a real number, right? Uh, so your your debt per taxpayer is almost a quarter million dollars now. I mean, it's outstanding. I mean, <laughs> um, but there is there is a school of thought that says if you put these bills together, and you get some stupidos or not, I won't say stupidos because they surely are not, but if you get people that are quote influenced to tell you that going forward you're going to be okay. So if if the next year you can say that you're going to have a, a budget surplus of 25 bucks. According to these guys, you're okay. You're never going to pay off the national debt. It's a question is, can you stop the rate of it growing? So if, if you decide that your, your economy is going to grow by 5% a year, which I don't believe at all uh, on real numbers, but if you decide that it's going to be 5% a year, and that, that's your story and you're sticking to it, and your national debt is going up by 4.5% a year, you're there, right? Because the, the half a percent is going to, you know, means that 30 years from now, instead of the national debt being 150% of the GDP, it's going to be 140, then it's going to be 130, then it's going to be 120. As long as you're gaining on it, you're okay. That's, that's the party line. Problem is the numbers, you never gain on it because all the numbers are BS. Is that, or am I, is that an unfair statement? Well, the numbers are definitely BS because they're, they're, <laughs> that's all the incentives are 
made to be BS. But if you were to go to a bank and say, I'm going to, you know, I want to borrow a trillion dollars, and you say, I'll pay back $300 billion in the course of 10 years, you know, are they, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, especially no. when there's, uh, I guess it's good to borrow when money is cheap, but how, how do you justify saying, I'm going to bring in $350 billion and then we're going to not even be able to pay it back in 10 years. Like that, the co- what the to- if we do it next year is my question. The total corporate tax revenue per year is $392 billion, which is like 7% of the total tax take. Does anybody think the corporations only make 7% of the money in this country? I mean, really? Corporations are people. Yeah, they're people. So that's that, a double. And they're good people. They're good uh-huh. people. Greg, <laughs> talk at you later, buddy. SP Futures down 19. NASDAQ Futures down 34. Back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. 
but I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. This looks extraordinarily bad. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Al. Matt Byrne on the board. S&P futures are down 20. 20 exactly. NASDAQ futures down 39. Dow futures down 148. Individual stocks in the Dow. Nothing crazy. Just everything. Everything's red. It's just all down a little bit. Salesforce down 89 cents. Uh, uh, Visa down 77 cents. No, nothing crazy. Just the only one. The only one green is uh, McDonald's up 26 cents. Over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX down 15 cents. Let's call that one flat. Puts you down 11 cents, uh, 0.1% kick around up one. I'll call that one flat. Isn't August their time to go on vacation over there or something? Man, I think it is. Mm. Uh, we don't get to do that here much. Well, Not some people much. do. Uh, Nikkei is actually up 324, 1.1%. Shanghai down 80 cents. Call that flat. Hang Seng down at 134. Again, right above this 20,000 number, 20,040. It's a 0.7%. Um, Friday, uh, Dow was up 432, 4.28. Or 24, good lord. Uh, so another, we had another pretty big day Friday, big week. S&P up 72, Nasdaq up 267. That was a full 2%. This was up all day. Uh, Bonds, 2.82, down 2 basis points. Bund, down 4 basis points, 0.95. Can't really get back even to 1% anymore. Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.18. We've got oil down 442. Wow, ouch, 87.67. Rent down 478, 93.37. Natural gas down 8 cents, 8.68. We got gold down under eighteen hundred, uh, down twenty four bucks seventeen ninety. Silver down forty three cents, twenty forty six. As silver continues to go crazy between about nineteen fifty and twenty one, back and forth, back and forth. Copper down a dime three fifty five. We've got crypto which touched twenty five thousand, now is down to twenty four thousand one twenty six. So down one sixty four today. When it obviously it trades all weekend, but it uh, traded tw- over twenty five thousand and then backed off. And we have the U S dollar against the euro. Euro's down 63. The dollar is much stronger this morning. That's why, that's why you see your gold and your oil are down. What do you got for us, traffic weather sports? Yeah, good morning. Currently 6.35 a.m. on Monday, August 15, 2022. Let's get you into the sports. Uh, MLB yesterday. Cubs at Reds. Reds win 8-5. Uh, White Sox home with Detroit win 5-3. Diamondbacks versus Colorado. Diamondbacks win 7-4. In the NFL preseason, uh, it's only week one, uh, but this past weekend we saw the Bears play Kansas City Chiefs and win 19-14. to uh, And again, Packers uh, against San Francisco, Packers lose 21-28. to Now for weather in Chicago, uh, currently it's kind of cloudy, but a little bit of sun coming in from the, uh, the lakefront side. Uh, 68 degrees currently, a high of 78 and a low of 67. In Phoenix, partly cloudy, 78 degrees, a high of 102 degrees, wow, and a low of 76. Wow, uh, now, now for traffic in Chicago. Uh, local traffic, traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road uh, to Harlem Avenue. Traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland to Lawrence Avenue. Uh, again, picks up at West Division to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between 35th Street to the Jane Bird Interchange downtown. Traffic northbound on the Stevenson between Route 171 to South Damon. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. Well, that's, that's a lot. Um, that's a lot. We have Mr. Flanagan. Good morning, Ted. Hey, another weekend that I didn't see you. 
I got the news report from here, so. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we the did next t- best thing, yeah. Yes, we did talk. By the way, uh, you know the old saying that you only get one chance to make a first impression? <laughs> the, uh, I went over to my bros yesterday, and the, the new baby was there with all kinds of black hair, the color I used to have. So, my, <laughs> so my, uh, Matt's wife says, well, I don't know where she got that hair. I said, well, maybe from me. I said, I used to have it. She looks at me, yes, I did. <laughs> anyway, uh, so she's kind of just hanging there, eating and sleeping, and uh, all of a sudden she opens up the eyeballs, looks at me, a big smile, so I made a good first impression. Oh, so. right. Well, she's, she's a woman of, of taste. Of, you know? of something. <laughs> exactly what. But uh, anyway, everything was everything was cool. Um, the uh, I don't know if the the older one is uh, enamored with the whole situation, but uh, you know she'll she'll she'll, she'll hang in there. They'll come around. They'll come they'll, they'll come I around as they say. Uh, so yeah, you have your your mayor talking about what a great job she is reducing all these shootings. Uh, wow, I didn't think that there was a lot of success there, but but you know do these people put the blinders. As soon as you get the job, do you put the blinders on, or what what happens to you? I really wondered how, but, uh, but for a while I was getting emails from, you know, Team Lightfoot or whatever. I'm, I'm still, sure I'm still I getting them. Email list, but I, I didn't block them because I was kind of intrigued by the way they were written and, and wondering who was writing them because these people are clearly out in la-la land somewhere, somewhere far away from the Chicago that I live in. And you wouldn't think anything was wrong. You wouldn't think there was any cause for concern. We're just... The world has never looked brighter. Uh, light, light footed will, you know, could do more if she were only given a chance. And, but look what she, what great things she's already done. And, um, and I think she's bought into it. She's believing her press releases now. The, the flip side is, what, what else can she say? She, she, she would, I think, be, be obligated to resign if she really looked at like, what that she had presided over. Who would stand for this? I mean, nobody would, would think she's doing even a, a, a you know, marginal job at any of the stuff that Chicagoans feel is wrong with the city. So, well, she may be she may be actually doing it as well as anybody can, but still, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, you know, she's she's well, she's you know, take take crime. Just forget about the shootings, you know, for a minute. Although, you know, it's hard to forget those for any long yeah. time, but. I don't see crime statistics really parsed for the city anymore with any kind of detail, and I think there's probably good reason why they don't let you see this. But just looking at the social media sites on the north side, my neck of the woods up here, the, the number of catalytic converter thefts has absolutely exploded, or attempted catalytic converter, or, or stealing half of the catalytic converter, or car break-ins, or property theft from cars. It's, it's absolutely epidemic, and yet there is no way that that translates to any kind of, you know, profile citywide or outrage at the lack of, you know, preventative measures to be taken against these things. You would think that it would be pretty hard to peddle a hot catalytic converter in a city that cared about that, but apparently you know, nobody cares. Um, but but if if you saw that you know if you could get a, a good tabulation of, of crimes like that or any any other property crime that never makes the headlines, I think the the picture would be much more dire than we're led to believe it is. Well, the uh, I, I don't know the full story, but um, the uh, there's a police involved shooting. I'm look at this list of shootings here, and it's a huge list. The police involved shooting at the uh, 2100 West Adams. 
on the near west side at 3:10 p.m. and evidently, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying I wasn't there. I'm not a I'm not a witness. Uh, evidently, some guy gets shot by a policeman, and the guy's got a gun in a car, and he's a you know multiple felon, and who knows what. I mean, it, it, the, I, I mean I don't know if police were right or wrong what they were. Yet this whole stack of stuff. Um, four hours later, six hours later, two girls, 17 and 20, get killed, or not killed, shot, and a, and a guy, 21, um, almost like, say, a mile and a half away. And, of course, Saturday morning, the first thing I hear when I turn the radio on to go, going to Home Depot early is some one of these activist guys going rant, ranting and raving about the police-involved shooting. Now, there could be good reason, but this guy didn't know any more than I did. And he, he doesn't care at all about these three young people that got shot six hours later. And what, what, why do we have to listen to these people? And, wh- and why do we give them, you know, essentially a spot on the radio? Or if, if, if you and I were, were those were those girls' father or something, <clears throat> they wouldn't give us the spot. Of course not. No. I mean, I don't, I don't get this at all, Jen. I mean, I, I, don't, I mean, who are these people? We, he's this guy needs to have answers for what? You're just a regular old citizen. Let it go through the process. There's one police-involved shooting out of 50 shootings this weekend, and that's all we're concerned about. It's all designed, Tom, to intimidate, you know, derail any effort to address what's really happening everywhere. It's not just Chicago, certainly, but it's, it's happening. It's happening everywhere. Alarming frequency, but um, it's it's about discrediting policing efforts and. And just you know, throwing the ball over towards you know the, the perpetrator side, so that they don't you know have to put up cash bail anymore. And um, I mean, whatever you say about the fairness of cash bail or not, if you've got people that are being run through this revolving door now who are on probation for serious crimes, gun, you know, weapons crimes, and everything else, and they're out doing the same thing again, over and over and over again, and they're never taken off the street. At most, they put on you know home monitoring, which doesn't work at all when you're dealing with these kind of criminals. But but it, it's a distraction to me. It's, it's just a way of saying that say what you want about all the shootings this weekend. That isn't what's wrong with Chicago. It's the one police shooting that should get all of our attention. Yeah. Take all the oxygen out of the room, and that's that's by design. Um, they want. But, who, but who's designed? As the villains, not the criminals. Yeah, but wait, wait, wait. we start out the show by design. Who's they? Who who, who wants it like that? Well, it's, uh, I've pitched you know, for a long time that, that there's a whole cadre of people, not just in this country, who want us to come down off of our high horse and become the third world country we really should be, like everybody else. And it's, it's an attack on the first world. Well, wait, wait a minute. But, I mean, nobody gets away with this crap in Australia or Europe or New Zealand. Well, they're, they're probably farther along to a third world country than we are. <laughs> I mean, but, no, but nobody gets to... Shoot people in Australia or Britain or France or Germany. Well, they've, they've been they've had their guns taken yeah. away from them in Australia. Well, but I'm saying you know we don't get that, to go. That's r- the model they're trying to use for here. So mm-hmm. I would not use that as a model for what we're trying to achieve here. Well, okay, you know, but I don't think you can be a you can run around up up and down the black steel and catalytic converters in Germany. Oh, I don't. Well, would we know if they were? I mean, well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying I. I, I don't think, I, I haven't heard of people, we have listeners from London uh, that once in a while send me an email, and I don't, I don't hear of any one of them saying they're, they're afraid to walk down the block. 
Well, we got flash mobs on Oxford Street in London. It's, 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 it looks just like what happened on the Magnificent Mile on a couple occasions here in Chicago. It can't be just because all of a sudden somebody got the idea this would be a smart thing to do. Somebody has channeled this. Somebody has coordinated it. Somebody is paid to do this, to go out and hire people to do this. And, and it, it's, it, it's an intimidation technique to make people feel like all... Well, you got to get out of here. Private businesses can't make a go of it, so you sell and get out of it. It frees up. Really well, I think there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of that. I mean, I don't. I don't know yeah. how that. But I, I mean, do, it's, it, this is a coordinated international effort to get people's living standard collapsed ASAP, and we're the biggest project because we've got a higher living standard but I, that a lot of people think we're entitled to. But there's and, an awful. But who and have the kind of wherewithal and the money to whittle away at that? I mean, yeah, this Jan, is exactly who, what Soros said he was doing in his Wall Street. Journal op-ed the other week. What, what, what are we really do? seems to particularly oh, you, Now, you, 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 you right-wing dudes, you don't have Hillary to kick around anymore. What are you, what, what are you, what are you going to do if Soros croaks tomorrow? Who, who are you going to blame all the time? Well, there'll be other people. He, I'm just, he's the point person, and he gets a, you know, away with saying this stuff out loud. Well, so his, his, his pitch in that article was that um, no ju- criminal justice system that imprisons African-Americans at five times the normal rate is a fair system. So that's why he's funding people like you know, Kesa Boudin and Kim Fox and Gardner in St. Louis and a bunch of other idiots who are, are working pretty hard to make sure that blacks don't get incarcerated. And I'm, I'm not saying that blacks deserve to be incarcerated. I would say anybody who commits a crime deserves to yeah, be whatever color they are. and tried and, and treated by the system fairly. But to take a number that says, well, that they're being... You know, imprisoned in the system five times the rate, and that that shows how racist it is. Is BS. But you, everybody buys it, and you know, John Cass lost his job at the Tribune for calling him on that, and he was called an anti-Semite. As is that anybody else who criticizes George Soros, and that isn't isn't that. No, I mean, the Soros, I'll criticize him right now. I mean, I don't, I don't. What, it just goes to show you when you, you people shouldn't have that much money, I guess, or something. I don't know right, I mean, who is George Soros to say anything about what's going on? Why is his opinion any different? And spending any, yeah. but and you know, people are saying he spent all this money, but what he spent on, say, Kim Fox or any of these other attorney, you know, state's attorneys' positions, far outweighs anything anybody else put into campaign well, coffers for any candidate. So it doesn't take a lot of money to be the loudest voice. But people still voted for. Her. Because I mean, she was Tony Preckwinkle's girl, right? And people have been hoodwinked in, into that too. And 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 she followed somebody, you know, Anita Alvarez, who's you know probably the, the other swing of the pendulum and infuriated people for her draconian sentences and you know just sort of slapdash approach to things. People were sick of that too. So it was easy to get Fox in there. Well, but I mean, and, uh, somehow, Jan, is when it comes down to trading. It's all about the next trade, and every trade is a very individual thing. But what what do people think? I mean, if unless I mean, I always use the example. I mean, Ninety Fifth Street in Evergreen Park. All right, if you live in Evergreen Park, which used to be totally white, which is not anymore, it's very integrated. The people in Evergreen Park know that if you go down the speed limit on Ninety Fifth Street is thirty miles an hour, and if you go forty five, you're going to get pulled over because the cops there actually give a crap. Well, the people in the Evergreen Park know that. So the people from outside, you know, virtually all the black people who drive through there don't seem to care. I'm not getting pulled over. Well, guess what? The Evergreen Park police pull you over. So if 90% of the people pulled over it happened to be black, unless a policeman says, 
there is a white person, this guy Flanagan, with a goatee goes by, I'm going to let him go and wait for a black person. That I, w- that I would say is absolutely totally wrong. I would never do that. But if, if the first five people go by going 50 miles an hour all happen to be black, I'm supposed to what, let them go? Well, that's what Soros says. That's I know, but, that, but that's seems to say too. But the, 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 the Declaration of Independence says life, liberty, to produce, and to produce, uh, what, and the, uh, life, liberty, and uh, what, something of happiness. The, the pursuit. Pursuit, pursuit of happiness. happiness. Well, I can't, I can't pursue happiness if I'm shot dead. I mean, but people have to understand. I mean, I, I mean, my dad was a policeman. I think he, allegedly people said he was a very good one. I mean, I, he died early. So if, if two policemen show up and, and catch your uh, thief stealing the converter, they're not going to step out of the quad, squad car and say, guys, we got you, put your hands behind your back, and let's all have a... We'll, we'll, we'll have a, a, a clap each other in the back, and we'll go off to jail. <laughs> every one of every event, every you could get the rich guy in the Porsche or the rich lady in the Land Cruiser, and you pull them over for a ticket. It's not a pleasant experience. They're being singled out. They're being this. They're being that. You know, whatever it is, the lady going 80 miles an hour in the Land Cruiser. Well, she was late for something. She gets to go fast because she bought a little. Or the guy in the port. I mean, white people are just as big a pain in the butt when you go trying to arrest the rest of them as black people, right? Or do anything to them. So it's not like every every one of these events is not going to cocktail party next door, right? Regular people know this. So when those guys, and then, of course, all the cameras come out, and those guys don't want to get cuffed, and they're going to run. Well, you got to chase them. Okay, then once you chase them, and then somebody turns around, these accelerate... But this is this. None of this stuff is an easy situation, Jan. Why? Why do people? How do you make it to age fifteen and not know that? Oh man, you got to be like really nice to these guys. What do you mean? You gotta, I'll be nice to them if they if they do what I tell them. Do they do what I what I tell them? The answer is no. They're waiting for somebody to come up with their their little video cam and show that uh, some policeman was was nasty to the guy and slammed him down in the car hood. Well, after the guy ran away and he had to chase him for a block and turned and tried to try to swing at him, I'd slam him on the car hood too. You know, I mean, uh, I, I, but what what do people think happens at these events? I mean, what 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 moronic world are they living in? Uh, well, then they, we know what happens. You know, but when you when you take as as your mission to micromanage the police to achieve some kind of social balance that you think the world should you know be in harmony with, and ignore the fact that you know there's property being stolen, people being shot, innocent people being hassled, you know, life quality being reduced for people who, for, through no fault of their own law-abiding citizens are taking it on the chin. But, but our goal is to micromanage the police so that they don't do the bad things that we know they're fully capable of. What, what kind of society can you expect to result? I mean, it, it, I don't think it's no different from what we have right now. And as long as we, we say that the, the police are our focus and not what was happening, giving the reasons why we have a police force in the first place, then we're always going to have an ineffectual police force and emboldened criminals and ever more emboldened criminals. Well, here, here's what, and I'm not, I would never accuse you of this, but here, here's what my concern is, is, is that we've seen this happen in the world before. And you know I'm about as gentle a soul as there is, except for maybe you, all I know is if this keeps going, one of these days, one of these days, maybe long after you and I are gone, maybe Matt will still be here, somebody's going to run for mayor or for governor or for president, and he's going to say, I'm going to stop all this crap. And you know what? The next time somebody shoots out of a car on the expressway, we're going to have 15 squads, and we're going to tell them to stop one time, and if they don't, we're going to put 1,000 bullets in that car. 
And if, and if it happens 10 times next weekend, all I know is none of those 10 cars are ever going to bother us again. And I guarantee you, in six months, you can drive down the expressway without anybody shooting at you. One of these days, one of those people is going to get elected. And it's the far, because we, 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 we let it go, let it go, let it go. And then any other people in the world, all of a sudden it swings back to the, to the other side. Well, maybe if that would have worked, say, you know, when Giuliani got elected in New York City, uh, a couple other mayors that tried to stem the tide. But with with the kind of press we have now, Tom, and the media coverage, such a candidate would be humiliated you know what? and made a laughing stock of. All I'm saying, platformed Dan. off of Twitter and everything else for saying, you know, what sh- what could be a legitimate campaign pledge that I will take a, a hard line with criminals. I will, if necessary, put out a shoot to kill order for people involved in the committing of a crime. Such a person would never get. I, I'm square one. I, I tell you, put this way. He's a lot closer to getting there, he or she, than they were a year and a half ago, or two years well, ago, or five years ago. Part of me likes thinks that that could be a good thing to shake people up, but uh, the other part of me says it's never going to happen. I not, think not with the kind of climate uh, we have that, now. That person wants to win in the driver's seat of our. I tell you what, that person will not will not win the first time through. But if all of a sudden the next time there's even more shootings and even more, I mean, I, Dan, you you can't go on like this. I mean, I, I thought that. I keep thinking for a, a new low, a low where people could be. I mean, even, what, 80 years ago, when the, uh, was it 80 years ago? 90 years ago, the, the uh, St. Valentine's Day massacre, the city said, all right, enough. I thought when that kid got shot at 12 o'clock in the afternoon at Lakeshore Drive, it just ride in a car and got killed, a two-year-old or whatever, I thought that was it. That we, that we would, there didn't seem to be anything. That, there's nothing that, that, that seems to be the last straw here. Well, well, and that's, I think, by design time, because it, the effect of all of this misdirection of our attention is to desensitize us. When you realize that nobody's paying attention to what's really yeah, happening. But, Jen, who is, anyway, who is it? And they're making us focus on but the who's, wrong I, I, I agree with the part about some people are loving the fact that some of these downtown real estate viewers are going down and scoop someone. So every time this happens, from Resolution Trust in 2007, 2008, a whole new group of people comes in and ends up with all other people's property for you know, for thirty cents on the buck, I, mean, I, I get that, but I don't. I don't know who somebody is somewhere that said, "Boy, if Chicago has double the shootings next year, I've had a good year." I mean, who is that person? Well, I think it's well to point a finger at Soros alone is not enough because there's plenty of politicians in Washington who couldn't care less about Chicago or any other big city or have a, a financial stake in seeing Chicago take a hit, and other, other big cities, too. They, they, the, the, who in Washington these days, Tom, really seems to be interested in fostering prosperity? I mean, oh. as you and I would define that term. Oh, the, oh yeah. for prosperity for themselves and the people who are oh, paying, I'm sure. Right, but the prosperity for you and me or people on your block or on my block or in your family, I don't see anybody in Washington sticking up for those people. Well, Jan, I, w- I would, I'm not a, like I say, I'm not a, a fan of this, I'm more I'm more for equal opportunity than I am equal result. I mean, you know that. But I'm saying, if you look at the numbers, if you're where, I don't even know where Soros lives, but if you're somewhere and you see out of the murders this year, 317 are black, 62 are Hispanic, and 20 are white and other. Well, clearly, you can't have as many people in jail f- <laughs> that are killed, the white people that are killing people, because you'd only, you'd only have 20. That's assuming they were killed by all white people. I mean, I, but I also would think that if I'm a good mayor for the next 10 years or 12 or however long Bailey was in there, that 
12 years from now, these numbers would not be this imbalanced. I mean, clearly there's there's a problem here to where, uh, you know, what are blacks, 25% of the population are 80%, 85% of the murders. I mean, there's, there's clearly an issue there of some kind that needs to be fixed, right? I mean, there's no, there's no doubt no, about no, that. No politician, certainly not Lori Lightfoot, would ever you'll be open to admitting that. Remember when the Aldi grocery store closed in uh, Auburn Gresham recently, yeah. um, and Aldi, the press release from Aldi, giving reasons, said that they, they could no longer keep up with the burglary and crime rate at the store, and it was not fair to their neighbors to put them in, in danger by having this store open. And Lightfoot got up on her podium and said, how dare Aldi accuse yeah. the people in the community of being responsible for this closure. And notice that Aldi didn't say shoplifting in the press release, burglary. People are breaking into the store. You're well, I'm saying... It out. It's happening you're all over the place, not just at Aldi. Well, there's no, there's no doubt. I, w- I would look at this and I would say, but, all right. But what mayor, yeah. unless you were completely you know, wonky, would say, how dare Aldi complain? Yeah. About people in the community burglarizing. What, what kind of message is that? Of course, if they had it's not these people's fault. And, and it's well, all these fault. Yeah, it's all. Well, and if they had they had security at night and they blasted somebody coming into the place, now that'd be a problem too, right? Uh, it, but but when that's the, yeah. that's the you know the official the elected official that gets up and po- points the finger back at the store that's just trying to make a you know a, a profit here. What what kind of store would go into a neighborhood like Anglewood hoping to recoup their investment, let alone you know make some money on top of it, when they know that if anything goes wrong, they can't blame the people who are their clientele? I just I don't can't imagine a society that would be so naive to think that you know what you hope people would do is what they really are doing when when the facts tell you otherwise. Well, I, I like I said, I, if I was going to be mayor for twelve years, I would love these numbers to come down. And I, I think what has to happen, John, I really do, I and mean, I'm no criminal uh, whatever, I think that the younger people, as you see them go down the chain on the carjack and everything else, those people, especially in the summertime, they're not, they're not going to county and being released. We're going to open up uh, one of the closed prisons somewhere within a 150 miles of Chicago, and every morning the, all these kids that got arrested last night are going there, and we're going to sort them out. We're going to say, okay, do you go to school? Do you have a place to live? Do you have who are you living with? Are you living with your mom? Well, what's what's your mom like? What are you living with the grandmother? Are you living with the gangbangers? Where are you? Are you going to school? Well, you know, you're not going to school. Or you are going to school. Do you have a trade? Do you have you ever worked a day in your life? We're, we're going to have because this this takes resources and it takes time. Well, you know what? We've got uh, schools for you, a boarding school, so you don't have to go back into the hood and guys shoving guns in your hand. Uh, you can do that. Uh, we can have a pre-army type of thing. We can, we we can do something. But one of the options is not going back, holding the gun for the gangbanger at age fifteen. That's just not, that's just not what we're doing. I mean, that that's what has to happen, John. You have to, you have to, e- even in the, in the good kids, you can't have the good kids in Inglewood looking for something to do all day. You got to have. I, I completely agree, Tom. But even if you tried to do that in Chicago and, and just deal with Chicago perpetrators of, of a certain age, there's a whole cadre of older people now who would scream bloody murder that this is it's a concentration camp. They'd have every well, lousy um, label in the book. The fact is, such that it could never I, 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 but that the, that I, I think they're, they're, they're John, I don't, I don't, I don't believe they got the veto power you, you know, By the way, did I, did I 
stutter and say this was going to be easy? Well, okay, but it, but I mean, it, what we're doing now is a rat hole. You can't somewhere somehow you got to break out of it. And if something doesn't work, you you got to you can't you can't be afraid. It's like a trade. I can't sit here well, every time I do a trade. I, I you know what? I can rattle off to you all the good things that can happen, all the bad things that can happen. If, if I, I, I would never do one if I said, "Well, gee, you know, down the road I'll get criticized if it goes the wrong way." I would never make a trade. What's mm-hmm. I mean? What's the point? Anyway, S and P futures down twenty six. We're leaking here. Nasdaq futures down fifty nine. You're right back, stocks and jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Hello, one page, Stacks and Jacks. John, it sounded like it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship at the end of the show there for a second, didn't it? <laughs> the, uh, I love that line from the movie. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, out, of, out of, like, 
the top 100 lines of all time where there's like nine of them from Casablanca, right? And the fact that it's said to Claude Rains, one of my favorite actors, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, what's the number one line? Uh, I'll be back. Shocked, I'm shocked. No, 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 the number one one line in all of, uh, oh. in all of, uh, movies. Now, of course, everybody's got their own opinion, but number one line is still, frankly, I don't give a damn yeah, or something like that. Yeah, that's the one. Park Abel sign off. Yeah, but then it was, uh, what was, uh, Arnold's was I'll be back is a big, up, big one there, too, right? Yep. Yeah. Got the, uh, Hey, uh, I want to ask you some uh, sort of specific questions. Uh, um, I know you were doing a little bit of research this weekend for the show regarding foreclosures and stuff, but I want to dig back into your uh, into your population roots. And Mike, as we start talking about all these people, and we're talking about statistics and, you know, obviously CPIs and all this other stuff that I was doing some work on this weekend, and boy, I just, the numbers I came up with, I don't want to talk about almost. Uh, but... Uh, all these people now. My buddy Bill Murphy tells me that uh, underneath the bridge, there's people that deliver like welfare checks and stuff, and disability checks. And I mean, I, I didn't even know that. But are, are, where, as we talk with Carl all the time, there's the you know, these there's a civilian population over 16. There's the people that are in the workforce, and then there's the people that are working, people that are unemployed, looking for work, and then people we don't know what they're doing. Retired, going to school, you mean you name it. And these numbers change. That's what they call the workforce participation rate and those kinds of things. Where exactly do all these, are all these people, I asked this question because Matty Weber had the lady that lives in front of his, well, not his new place anymore, he's been there a couple of years. Uh, she lives in the bus stop. She lives on the bench. And all of a sudden they took the bench away to get rid of her. And she was gone for like six months. They put the bench back in and she reappears. I don't know where the hell she was for the six months. Or four months. Are these people counted as anything, John? What, what, where, where are they in the system? Well, they, they figure probably undercounted in the census. Um, and when it comes to social service agencies um, that are aware of them or that you know, have them as clients and have interviewed them and keep track of them and have the police keeping track of them too, um, there are. I'm sure there are numbers. You know, some kind of data where you get a handle probably based on, you know, pretty good local data, you know, in, in given precincts or wards in the city, how many of them there are and what, what state of need they're in. But um, the flip side of that is that there's no no way of really getting at the root cause of a lot of this. It's just simply monitoring and tabulating what's happening. But it doesn't really address the, the whys of this and why it's proliferating. And what else are we paying a cost for in allowing it to proliferate? And I, I think, you know, it, this, this, all these bullets we're trying to dodge with the budget, um, you know, transportation and streets and sanitation and everything else, and the, this, the homeless issue and that end of the social service you know, net is part of all of these things now. And I, I don't think you can mingle all these things together and solve any of them effectively or you even even improve them very much and we've, we've allowed that to kind of happen everything has bled together we, do, we have data maybe that we think is pretty good you know tabulating the size of the problem but, but even that obscures how much of a problem we're creating elsewhere that we don't know how to deal with and don't have the money for either well I don't think you I'm not so sure we do uh we have a, an idea of how much any of this stuff costs. I mean, uh, I mean as you know, I, 
I've been known to tip a glass on occasion, but I also know that through the system, alcohol is a problem for a lot of people. Now, it's a cost. I'm not saying we should go back to prohibition or anything, but do we have an idea of how much that costs people and, 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 you know, and match it up against the, the, uh, the alcohol taxation? I'm going to say that the, the detraction from society is probably more... But the problem is the detraction is not paid for by the... The, the government is, is like... They, they, they become these entrepreneurial things, and I, I don't know if that's in the Constitution or what, but I, I know for sure... Well, I, don't, I suspect for sure. That much me, I suspect for sure, because I do suspect it. Uh, how is that for a dumb thing to say? The, uh, you know, as you know, John, I've, I've loved to gamble my whole life, but since I started trading, I don't go to Vegas anymore or anything like that or play poker, but I, mean, I always loved doing it. But it was the idea that you have... Uh, Organized gambling, like a casino. I, mean, I, I know people that uh, have, their whole life has been destroyed by casino gambling. People used to live downstairs from water. The guy went through all his wife's money and she didn't even know about it and then left her. And who knows if the guy's alive someplace, he's living in a motel. I have no idea. And uh, she's dead. And I go to the, the Peppies or other places and you see the waitress that spent all day making 100 bucks, blow 50 on the way out every single day in the machines because she doesn't even know the odds. I mean, I. You know, what, what is the what is the tab going to be on the sports gambling for young people? I mean, does anybody care? I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's the drug issue too. Yeah, well, I'm saying when I go across the street, the Congress. Not to mention, you know, I don't really like driving with these people. These people. I mean, it's not like it's any color one way or the other. And all of a sudden, I, I get this belch of, of marijuana from from cars going down the expressway. One guy in front was in front of me on the Eisenhower last week. He's got one of the, the rooftops. There's smoke coming out of the rooftops, like it's an old movie. It's the Indians giving us uh, smoke signals. I mean, like <laughs> smoke signals. Yeah, and, and now we have no way of testing for that. All of a sudden, the speed limit's 100 miles an hour. I mean, do, do we even care? I mean, as long as the city gets their, their piece. I mean, somewhere along the line, we got to stop this. We 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 got to stop. I don't know. And I, I'm not Mr. Pruder, and everybody knows that. But this this is insane. We we have no way to track if this marijuana thing is a positive or a negative. Let, last week, for two weeks ago, for the uh, Lollapalooza. One of the outfits down here is a little, uh, it was like a like a little bus, a little tiny bus running people's. Hey, if you want to come over to the marijuana joint first, hop on, and we'll drive you back here. Really? <laughs> well, Tom, I, I think you know. I, I, again, I agree with what you're saying, but but the bigger issue here is we we have a, I think a pretty good count, and you hear about it on, on panic news stories occasionally about the number of fentanyl overdoses. Mm. And this is the cost of this explosion of fentanyl in the big cities, and not just the big cities either. But we know where it's coming from. We know how it's getting here, and we know the damage it's doing. I've got to tell you that the run-ins I've had recently on buses or L trains around the street with people who are checked out, they are not high on pot. They're not even high on crack cocaine. I don't know what the concoction is, but I don't remember seeing people just <laughs> whacked out 30 years ago. No, and I suspect we're again we're 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 taught and trained to just chalk it up to the general you know shabbiness of the city and stuff like this happens in a big city, but it's happening at a on a scale and at a danger level that we're not really being told very much about. If we really knew how bad the fentanyl problem was, we wouldn't have an open border like we do, and we wouldn't have you know people bringing people in with drug money financing it. And encouraging people to bring more people in, and and letting you know the Chinese flood our cities with fentanyl. Why would any 
but he wants something like that, and to just because some people it. are making a lot of money on it, John. Right, but you, you yeah. know, what what city, what police force, what mayor can do battle with that? Well, what, you, what social service agency can intervene effectively? There's no way. The, the, it's the balances are so tipped against you from the from the get go because there's more of that stuff coming in, and there's a lot of people it seems who want more of it here. So I I just until there's been a recognition of just how dire we've made things, there's no way to improve it. Well, we're always going to be dealing with a system that's you know, hemorrhaging our energy and wasting it in, in things that are not solving the problem. Well, our, our friend uh, Eric May, we have to get on pretty soon, even though he moved to Hyde Park, moved on up to Hyde Park. Uh, he, uh, what the hell did he tell one day? You weren't on, John. It was, uh, well, Eric has had a, uh, an incredibly uh, interesting life. He was, a, he was, I don't know if it was the Washington Post. I think it might have been, John, but it was his first job was to be a, a beat reporter for the Washington Post. Out of uh, where we're I, mean, I know he was a English major someplace. He's teaching uh, creative writing at uh, uh, where Columbia, and uh, he's written a couple books, very well acclaimed and terrific, terrific guy. And uh, he was telling me one night, he goes, you know, I was I was covering like one or two murders a week. I forget the numbers, but and he goes, all of a sudden it jumped to like ten. And as soon as crack cocaine showed up in Washington, the, the just things just went off the chart. And the damage, if any of you, I mean, I don't know that much about this but if you ever drive through you know some of these bad neighborhoods and you'll see somebody walking along and they look like they're about 70 and then you look at them and go that person's like 30 i don't think i don't think they're physically i mean you can be you can be a boozer for a while and you can smoke pot for a while and and you can come back off it unless you really screwed yourself up you pretty much clean yourself right back up i mean i think with this this crack cocaine right Aren't you like losing teeth and you're losing? I mean, it's. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think you come back from that at all. I mean, and you see, you know, walking in the neighborhood, you'll see five people walk by, and all of a sudden somebody walks by, and they look like they're not coming back, John. And it's now if, if they have kids, good lord. I mean, what? I mean, there, there's there is a massive. I mean, and to a certain extent, um, George Soros is right. You can't just let a neighborhood or a, a group of areas and. By the way, in, in other states, these are white people. It's not a black or white problem. If you, if you go into you know, some of the drug issues in West Virginia and places like that, those people are all white. They're not black. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And, but, I mean, in this particular... I mean, he's right in the sense that the solution isn't just to in, in, in incarcerate the black community. <laughs> There's other problems there that you need to be solving. I mean, I'm, I'm with him on that. I actually am. But that doesn't mean that you let somebody go so they can go steal my converter tomorrow. I mean, there, there's a middle ground there, right? Well, you, know, you you have your choice. I guess yeah. you you arrest the the end user who's you know creating havoc in, in his or her neighborhood, or do you go after big time the suppliers and the people connected to them that are, are making this happen? Uh, until you decide which one is a bigger threat, nothing seems to be being done on either side of the coin right now. I guess. It's well, my mom who was uh, went to Inglewood High School, all places. It's not like we don't know the areas that. We're talking about John. I mean, I, I grew up damn near in Inglewood, right? And uh, so, and she and she said it was it was so different in those days. She goes, I don't know why people weren't living together. She goes, I, th- I thought that was weird in the first place, because my my grandfather was one of these sort of an odd duck. He came to America. He refused to live in the Italian neighborhood, and wouldn't let Italian be spo- spoken in the house. This is America. We're going to live where everybody else lives. You know, we're not going to live just with the Italian people and speak Italian. That's not where more I'm going. So my mom said, you'd walk out the door of Inglewood High School, 
and the black kids would turn left, and the white kids would go right. She said, but the black kids went home to their family, and the white kids went home to their family. She goes, everybody had a family. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm sure there were a few people that didn't on both sides. But she goes, there was no difference. There was no, they, they, they didn't treat anybody different than we treated people, and there was all, all kinds of respect all over the place. She goes, I, I have no idea how it was so screwed up that we didn't all live in the same area. She said, but we could have. <laughs> the families were the same on both sides. Now, all that somehow changed. And I don't part of it was drugs, part of it was welfare, part of it was what it was. But, I mean, and, and, and the degradation is, to this day, it continues to go forward. And I, I agree with Soros. You can't just let that all happen and just throw everybody in jail. I mean, that part I get. But that doesn't, like I said, it doesn't mean you don't let you, somebody shoot somebody, you don't let them out so you shoot somebody else. I mean, I don't know what the middle ground there is, but there needs to be something, right? Well, the, the wrong approach certainly was the, the one Obama took when it came to you know school practices and disciplining children. You had to look at the rate of you know whatever the racial breakdown was in the school district. And you came up with a number of, of a percentage, and you couldn't have, you know, punishments or anything that were given out to that race of people in excess of the percentage that they occupied in that demographic. Well, you know, that's that's playing with, you know, a, a utopian idea of of how we want everybody to think in a fair world. Everybody's, you know, getting the, the fair chance at everything here, and if we're doing it in any kind of variation of that, we're, we're, it's suspect that we should have to look at it again. Well, you know, that isn't a solution to truancy, school crime, or anything else. It just means that we are selectively deciding, you don't, you get a pass, you don't get a pass today. And you know, there's no way you can have a happy society or society that thinks that either side is being fairly treated if that's what you pursue, and it's being pursued in spades everywhere. But it, on the same token, it if it continues <clears throat> that one group is disciplined more than the other, it should be an indication that there's a problem with that group. Well, I would think so. It's kind of intuitive, I guess. Well, but, but again, the presumption <coughs> these days is that the police are so corrupt you can't believe that they're doing anything fair, and it, and it shows in the crime statistics because it doesn't match up demographically. Well, one of the one of the percentage. <laughs> so once you start with this, you know, it's arguing deductively back to the result you want to, you know. Well, John, it's not—it's not like it never happened. I was talking to a lady yesterday, who's a you know normal guest on the show. Um, she uh, said her parents—I don't know what happened, what her dad was doing—but they moved to uh, Kansas for a while. She goes, the teacher hated her because she, she was from the north. She was always called upon discipline in the hall, getting smacked, <clears throat> just because she was from the north. It's not like it's never happened. Did, you know, did, did people get picked out? I mean. <laughs> I can only imagine if she was black, for God's sake. Tom, I got some foreclosure stuff for you. Oh, yeah, let's, let's do that. we got ten minutes. Let's I like it. your feedback on it, too. But um, this has been touted, you know, lately because we had six-month figures from January to June 2022, and Illinois leads the nation in the foreclosure rate at 0.26% of housing units in foreclosure, which, again, this does not mean parcels of real estate. You know, if, if there's an 18 you know, unit rental building, that's 18 units. It, it may have one owner, but, you know, th- if that owner is in default, there's 18 units that are affected and are part of the foreclosed property. Um, Chicago's, uh, Illinois, excuse me, is 0.26%. Um, New Jersey is right behind us at 0.24%. 0.26 seems like a very small amount. You're not, you're well, not, you're not talking about Wisconsin, 0.07%. But you're talking in, in uh, 0.04%. Um, 
California, point one one percent. Oregon, point. Now you're talking about you're talking about full foreclosure. Not talking about people behind well, or anything. Like the, the, the the rates here in, in, include property for which a foreclosure action has been filed, and that there you know, is a case open on it because they're tracking court data in these various you know, localities. And it may have reached a point where there's been a, a, a sheriff sale or an auction of the property. It hasn't yet gone to a sheriff's deed, so the title is still technically in the name of the borrower in many cases. But there, it, it represents a spectrum of properties. They're all in default. Right, right. They're, they're all in different you know segments of the pipeline. Um, the, the states that are close to us, I mean, I'd say just geographically contiguous, whether Minnesota point oh nine, Iowa point one one. Missouri point oh nine, um, Michigan point one three, Indiana point one six. We are very much the outlier in, in the Midwest. The only state beyond us that's close to us is Nevada, which is point one eight. Um, All right, Jane, walk us. Um, I'm a little confused. I'm sure the listeners walk us through the process from the from the day uh, you know Snookums and Snookums buy the house. They're both working. Everybody's happy. One or the other gets laid off. Something happens. A uh, you know a, a medical bill. Something out of the blue hits. Um, hopefully nobody gets sick or dies. But all of a sudden now, you don't pay for. Take take us from the first month. Yeah. Take us all the way well, through. Illinois this. has a feature, and some states do have something similar. If in Illinois you miss a mortgage payment, and maybe you, you even miss two mortgage payments and you've never had a default in the life of that mortgage before, Illinois law allows you to cure the default, meaning you pay the arrears, you bring the account current, you pay what's owed, and your mortgage is restored to its normal cycle. The second time that happens, if you miss a payment, the lender can immediately file a foreclosure action against you which is a legal proceeding. It's a judicial matter. It, you know, there's plaintiff's defendant's service of process. Um, there's a, you know, a case number assigned to it. You can make an appearance. You can raise defenses to it. You can say that the mortgage documents were def- defective or that you actually did make the payment, but they're not, it's not being credited to you. And a lot of these disputes are like that, too, with some of these you know, fly-by-night flea-bag lenders, too. Um, but at, once you get a, a foreclosure action filed, that's when these statistics triggered into this this table of the rate of foreclosure because that's now a it's not just in default but it's foreclosed meaning it's been an action filed against but if you if you call the bank and you give the whole the long story or go talk to them chances of this happening in one or two months are pretty slim right right oh it, it, it's you know, something that can drag out where there's you know there's, it's just attempts to work it out because there, there may be an expectation that there's some way if, if, if someone can free up some of the property and get some cash and ask the lender to forbear and maybe pay premium or a portion of it as a sign of good faith and, and buy a little time. It depends on the lender. It depends on the judge. It, it depends on a lot of things, how, how much you can you know, buy time on any of this stuff. I told you a story about my buddies in the, in a couple, actually three or four of my buddies are in this mortgage service business. There's a big, big one of those people in 425. And uh, the one guy... This guy calls him up. He's in Texas or someplace, and he goes, "Hey, does this this new thing about the COVID mean I have another six months? I don't have to pay." Okay, he says to him, "You've had the mortgage for three years. You've never paid one month. What difference does it make to you?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the COVID thing. So it, it appears that if everybody didn't 
pay during the COVID, uh, there's been no, I mean, it's not like it's 15% number the minute the COVID thing was over, then people haven't paid, that everybody went right to the judge. I mean, it, that doesn't appear to have happened, has it? No, but it's, it's now, I mean, it's, it's, it's rising. And certainly some of these properties that are still in foreclosure now, you know, everything was told on it during the, the moratorium. So they, there may have been a foreclosure action filed in 2020, and once that, that any foreclosure decree couldn't be enforced, the thing just sat there. And, of course, now with the moratorium lifted, the, the procedures can resume. You pick up where you left off. In the meantime, there have been taxes that had to be paid, and fees and lawyers' fees and everything else are, are rolled into it now. So a lot of these properties in these numbers here probably date to foreclosures that were first filed two years ago or more. Hey, if somebody drops... But this has always been a pet peeve of mine. Sorry for you attorney guys. Um, if I'm late on my mortgage for a few months and all of a sudden these bleeps drop all these lawyer fees on top, do I get to see the hourly bill and see what the guy actually did? Or do I, or they they tell me lawyer's fees are five grand, and they're just five grand. No, I mean, you could probably try some you know, discovery action or whatever. To, you know, the, the judge is going to look at the, you know, how the, this is presented by the plaintiff and say, here's the attorney's fees and they have the name of the law firm and everything else. And the judges who handle this stuff see the same law firms, you know, 50 times a day maybe because they're all seeing the same kind of actions, and they know what the going rate is, and unless they see something strange, they're not going to question it, or they may entertain your, you know, motion to get more information, but, you know, I, I don't know if I'd want to bank very much on yeah. that. The, the difficulty, Tom, I think, and this is why these numbers are, are very useless in some ways, because... What I would like to know, and you'd have to do it on a county-by-county basis and dig into actual files, how much of the arrearage that's listed in the mortgage balance is due to real estate taxes or penalties on those? And Because if you could get some idea of how much tax liabilities figure in the indebtedness that's in foreclosure, where there's, you know, some well, what about these? So what about these places downtown? Are they... Are they expecting these places or somebody to pay the full tax for the last three years? And well, they, they won't be able. I mean, if they're smart, they've had, you know, and all of them have, I think, if they, because they, they can see how the wind is blowing. They've asked that this be, you know, their bills be reduced because they don't have anything close to even 50% occupancy. In right, so, buildings. so. And that, that's part of their, the formula in whatever revenue the building is supposed to produce. And this is how, you know, the building is assessed, you know, for taxation purposes. But if it isn't doing that, it's not performing for whatever reason, whether there's been a fire in it or there's just no tenants or anything else. You immediately get a reduction in this so that you don't pay full freight when you don't have. Well, in the bill, let's say 175. It's under. It's not going to auction yet. I don't believe it's. It's in foreclosure. No. Now the place was worth God knows, I'll say 200 million, and uh, that was the mortgage. Now it's going to go to auction. Now they've got this massive tax bill, and the place is 30 percent occupied. So, so when the firm, the prestigious firm of a uh, Flanagan and Byrne decides to put in a bid. Will you have already negotiated with the city, saying, "Hey, you're, you got five million in back taxes. We're not paying." I mean, it, you can't, you can't, you can't buy the place and then have that, them drop that on you. Can you, you? You would be smart if you at least researched it. <laughs> yeah. To see see what what your chances are, and certainly, you know, a lot of these properties they're le- they're worth now less than half of what they were when these mortgages were first written. Oh yeah. So there's no way, I mean, the assessor can say, yes, well, you know, the, the bill is still this, X, Y, Z for this property. But when you're looking at, at a 50% or more drop in value, 
it's pretty hard to justify the same tax bill. So, so but, but if they're adamant... That's, that's an appeal process, too. That's so it's like a, it's a completely separate action, but it's inextricably tied up with this, too, because it affects the marketability of the property to anybody down the road. Well, when you start talking about the, the taxes or you know, some percentage at a place, I mean, uh, I, mean I, I know that in the building we are, if all of a sudden, uh, you know, they still have, they got like three or four floors unoccupied, but if if it got to where it was three quarters unoccupied, they're, they're not paying that nut to the city. Why would you? No. The thing, Tom, the, the striking to me about it, though, is this 20, 0.26% um, foreclosure rate for Illinois properties. It, it, it shows that there's something about Illinois that isn't true in our contiguous neighbors and in most states, because very few states are really in double digit. Um, but what is different about Illinois? It isn't like the people here are, are less credit worthy. It isn't as if underwriting standards are more lax here than they are elsewhere. I don't think that's the case. But one thing is that you can certainly say is we have higher property taxes. Well, we have uh, a. Well, Audrey's coming on after you, and she's sold some houses or listed some houses in some areas where the where the taxes are more, more than the mortgage. Yeah. I doubt very seriously if anywhere in Indiana that's the case. The people would be shocked, I think, to see how much of this foreclosure amount, just the indebtedness, is due to accrued unpaid taxes. And because that's why these people have gone into default, really. I mean, that we tell the story of it isn't like they don't have jobs, it isn't like they don't pay their bills, but when their real estate taxes have gone off the map, do you think they have enough left over to pay the mortgage? And once they deplete their mortgage escrow for their taxes, there goes any savings they yeah, have to. Yeah. It, isn't, it isn't like they'll ever get out from under, under this bill. So. One of the guys who used to be in the locker room at the Buckingham back when the Buckingham had some people there, uh, he had a house in Inglewood, and he, he walked on it. He goes, I can't. There's no way to, the neighborhood is getting worse and worse and worse. Probably the the value of the house is going down, and by the way, I owe taxes. I'm out of here. And uh, so, people walking away. Yeah. You, you know, th- th- this doesn't show that number either. Some of these may be in buildings where the people are still living there, happy as can be, paying their rent to somebody, a receiver or the old lender, and other places where the owner, this was their home, this is the roof they lived under. They, they're walking. The build, you know, the next thing will be the demolition ball. I like so, the part where people walk. Some other guys go in and rent the place, and they're not even the owner. Oh, it's quite, well, that's for another day, Tom. That's a real problem. That's right. Wait a minute. You're, I'm renting it to you. You don't even, don't even own the place. That's cool. John, John thank you. Would you would be surprised, Tom. I, 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 I don't know if I would be. All, I, you would be shocked. I'd be shocked, shocked at, the, uh, at the, amount of, the amount of it, but I've, I've heard about it so many times. SB Futures down 21. NASDAQ is down 33. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. 
Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to the Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down 22.50. We've been banging around here between maybe 19.50 and 25.50 since we came in. So we're down, but we're not crazed. Uh, NASDAQ Futures down 43. They were down as much as maybe 60. Dow futures down 164. Individual stocks, we've got Caterpillar down uh, 299. A big one here, Chevron Texaco down 465 as oil's getting buried. Goldman Sachs down 262. Uh, Nike down a buck. So a little bit of movement. The American Express down a buck 80. And nothing, nothing crazed. Over in Europe, uh, slightly, they were almost unchanged before. Now they're slightly to the downside. DAX down 20.1%. FTSE down 26.4%. Check around down 6.1%, so said we're down a little bit over there. In Asia, a very mixed bag. Nikkei up 324. Again, they were close a couple days last week. That's uh, 1.1%. Shanghai down 80 uh, cents. Call that flat. Hang Seng down 134.7%. Just hovering over 20,000, 20, 20,040. On Friday, big rally. Big rally week last week. That was up 424 on Friday. Uh, S&P up 72. NASDAQ up 267. Uh, bonds. We're now down 6.30 seconds, 6.30 seconds, 6 basis points, 2.79. Uh, Bund down 8 basis points, 0.91. Japan unchanged at 0.17. Uh, oil down almost 5 bucks, almost 5% moving oil, down 494, 87.15. So whack, whack there. Uh, Brent down 511, 5, uh, it's 5%. 
Natural gas down 28 cents, that's 3%. Arbob down 13 cents, 291. And as to why we're still above 450 in some areas in Chicago, I, <clears throat> uh, I think the word gouging comes to mind. <clears throat> we got gold down 1680, so it was, <clears throat> uh, was down 21. 1798. Silver down 45 cents. That's uh, 2024. Actually, these are up from the last time we did this. Copper down 9 cents, 357. We've got Bitcoin down 190, 24,000, It actually touched 25,000 this weekend and fell off almost 1,000, which I don't, mm. know, I don't know what that means. Yeah, the uh, dollar versus the euro. <clears throat> Euro's down 50 basis points today, so the dollar's a big move up, a half of 1%. That's a big move in one day. Uh, Matt, what do you have for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Good morning. Currently 7.37 a.m. on Monday, August 15th, 2022. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs at Reds. Reds win 8-5. White Sox home with Detroit win 5-3. Diamondbacks versus Colorado. Diamondbacks win 7-4. In the NFL, week one of the preseason this past weekend, uh, the Bears play Kansas City Chiefs and win 19-14. Packers against San Francisco. Packers lose 21-28. Now for weather in Chicago, cloudy, uh, 69 degrees, a high of 78, and a low of 67. In Phoenix, partly cloudy, 78 degrees, a high of 102 degrees, and a low of 78. Now for traffic in Chicago, heavy traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between 1st Avenue to Damon Avenue. Traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between California Avenue to Austin Boulevard. Keep in mind an accident before Central Avenue, exit 23B. Uh, there's an accident uh, rollover involving four uh, separate cars, so keep that in mind. Uh, heavy traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy between Damon to North Avondale Avenue. Traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between 35th Street to the Jane Byrne Interchange downtown. Traffic uh, northbound on the Stevenson between Route uh, 171 to South Pulaski. And finally, traffic southbound on the Stevenson between South Damon Avenue to South Pulaski Road. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. So it's a beautiful day. I turn back if I were you and go play golf. I that's 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 the goal for today. Well, that's not a bad one. Do we have Miss Audrey? Good morning. How are you? Uh, it's another beautiful day. You have to be good out. And uh, according to Matt, I'm glad I'm not out on the highways today. Yeah. Well, it's a. Uh, did you hear the story that the. Uh, the, the, the little baby opened her eyes, looked at me, and smiled. A first impression was made on. Oh, what can we tell you? As we all know, the chicks just dig you. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> the, the best part was when... Now uh, they're starting really early. Oh, I know. The best part was when my Matt's, Matt's wife said, I don't know where she got this really uh, jet black hair. I said, what do you mean? That used to be my color. Just saying. Yes, you did inherit it at some point. Yeah, exactly. We'll see now. She's angling to be the favorite niece, so you have to remember that when Christmas call comes around. Oh, God, yeah. Well, <laughs> the other one, I get a load of this. Dan goes to, I don't know where he went, but she loves cheese popcorn. So he, he picks up one that says uh, spicy cheese popcorn. So she immediately opens it up the second she gets there, throws in about five, and all of a sudden she dives for a glass of water. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she was not happy. Just saying. Well, they mean spicy hot. It really is. You know what? Uh, it, they, like, they, I love uh, Cheetos, and they actually have a Cheeto that is just way too hot for me. So. Yeah, this one, they weren't, they weren't I, kidding. It was hot. Um, yeah. So, hey, we are just talking about uh, taxes and foreclosures and stuff, and um, where I was mentioning to John that you were an expert, I was going to ask you when you came in, it's not so much, it's not just that the, the taxes are, in most people's minds, too high, odd, but they're... I didn't really know until you know you, you started telling me because how would I know? I just when I owned a place, I just paid the taxes. They're really incredibly uneven. 
from place to place. And uh, and I'm not so sure exactly why that is. I guess some areas have a maybe a big commercial stretch that pays a lot of taxes, and maybe some don't. I know when Evergreen Plaza and Evergreen Park was, uh, it was Rublev's first development was Evergreen Plaza, 95th and Western. And we lived in Dormall. Yeah, and we when we uh, lived in Evergreen Park, and it was the, the taxes for homeowners was what would you say sixty percent of that those in Chicago, uh, something like that, maybe in those I days. In those days, and now, back now I think they. Well, now the now I believe the plaza kind of went under, and of course they gave these huge deals to uh, Walmart and Menards, and I don't, I'm sure they don't pay squat what they should. Uh, well, that's a editorial comment, but. Now Evergreen Park's taxes are way higher in Chicago, aren't they? Well, I think most of the suburbs are higher than Chicago. I, I, I really can't think of a single one, but you also get what you pay for, I guess. <laughs> well, but, but I mean, in Orland, the, the, the mall decreased the taxes for the residents, right? The same way to be. We have a lot of uh, great retail out here, yeah. so that does help a lot. But you were, you were doing some work out but in... Our taxes uh, are not cheap either, no. by any means. No, but I'm saying um, Evergreen Evergreen Park without the plaza is a different story than with the plaza. Same way, if if Orland Mall all of a sudden closed tomorrow, I got to believe your taxes are going up. Just saying. I don't know. I think they did. Yeah, yes, they probably would, and they've had a fight to reinvent that mall and make it more relevant to weight shopping. But we also have uh, our mayor uh, is uh, a smart guy. His staff is very smart and. There's, we have a lot of diversification in a lot of different areas. It's not just concentrated in that mall. We've, there's shopping areas in a lot of different places and restaurants and things that will attract people. So I think the diversification uh, is what people need in, right. in the suburb. I mean, you go into some of the suburbs that don't have a lot of uh, retail. Um, Homer Glen, Willow Springs, and you know, then that, of course, that gets passed on to the people that live there, but you also are making a life choice as to how you want to live, and you know that going in. Well, I was mentioning to John, he was, we were doing a thing on foreclosures, and how people in some areas, if the, if the tax are high enough and the house isn't worth much, you just walk. And I was saying, how did places like uh, Park Forest and, if, and that so much, where, where were we when I drove you out there and the, the taxes were way more than the mortgage? Where was that? Was that Olympia? No, was that Park Forest? What was that? Um, Forest is a good example of it. Yes, it's a shame. It's, it's a, a very, pretty much a low-income area, and the taxes are so high uh, that a lot of times people could afford their mortgage payment, but the taxes will end up being more than the mortgage payment, and uh, unfortunately becomes such a burden, and it's a shame because uh, it just seems very disproportional, but again, uh not a whole bunch of commercial stuff going on. I don't claim to know a lot about the background of, uh, of of the town and how it's managed or what what type of percentage they have going on, but it does seem on a small brick bungalow that the taxes are extremely high compared to the value of the house. The house might sell for 50 grand and the, ta- the taxes are five or six grand. I know it seems crazy. Well, yeah, I know we're, we're in Chicago Heights. Chicago Heights, Park Forest, yeah. also the same place, the same type of thing. Right, a dear client who was looking for a two flat for his mom, and we looked forever. And every time we found a really lovely two flat, 
uh, on, a, on a building that might have been seventy to 100000 the taxes would have been twelve to 14000 which is just crazy. Well, on what, I mean, my... my uh... So I don't know. I mean, Dad, I, I couldn't even answer. You'd have to talk to maybe somebody from the tax assessor's office or a specialist of that because it's all on how they calculate and it's, they change their calculations to suit the ends they want to meet. We found that out in the last recession. Well, when my uh, part of my family moved out to Chicago Heights, why they ever did, I have no idea, because all they do is drive out there to see them all the time. Um, and they were they were in a, a nice street. It was a very nice neighborhood. Yeah, there was a nice street. There was some retail, and uh, they had a lot of a lot of well, it was, it was a lot of uh, shall we say uh, uh, a lot of the, the mafia guys that moved out there. Uh, Chicago Heights is very Italian. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very Italian. Well, not anymore. And but I mean, they had some of the best Italian restaurants out there. But I don't think those taxes were were hardly anything. And now all of a sudden, I mean, I don't even know what the street where my grandmother used to live now looks horrible. And I'll bet the taxes are three times when they were there. And you know, and I, I don't That's know. That's sure they are. Yeah, I mean, they're right, right off Joe R. Road and uh, and like Austin. So I mean, it's right where we looked at that one house. Or you, you, not we looked. You showed it. And uh, but I'm saying, how, how does I, mean, I guess I don't know how the taxation needs to be done differently, but there shouldn't be that big of a. So who closed out there? Didn't was it Lincoln Mall or some one of one of those malls closed or a couple? Oh, that of was them. in Madison. Lincoln Lincoln Mall closed a few years ago. Well, there was there was something in Chicago Heights that closed and then and nothing came. Back. Was it a factory or somebody left? Something happened. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I mean, have no idea. But I, I don't I don't see how the, these you know in, in one place the guys. But you even know in some of your areas, without naming the names, unincorporated areas play like a lot less than the other area. But I mean, the unevenness is really kind of weird on these taxes. Well, you get more services. I mean, you don't have your designated uh, fire department ambulance. Most of the time, you have to rely on the county. So in parts of uh, Pales Park, for example, that are unincorporated, you you don't get the Pales Park uh, call. You get the, the county call. And you also don't get certain services, for example, like the library. If you want, to, you and your kids want to go use the library, um, I think to join in the unincorporated areas is around two fifty a year or more. So anytime you, you know, you're getting less on certain items. Well, what? Uh, I mean, the county doesn't have a fire department. They send whoever out. I don't know how they choose, but. Uh, a big <laughs> kind of a running joke is you don't want to have a, a crash at the intersection 131st of the Grange in the middle because it's where uh, the county and t- and the different two different municipalities have jurisdiction. So it's kind of a flip who will get when you have to call for emergency who's going to who's going to take that intersection. Actually, I saw one there one day, and there were all three of them were there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Palos and Orland, and uh, well, at least at least they got some, it's better all three better than none, I think. Um, That's true. So, what are you making out with the? Uh, uh, by the way, the story yesterday about uh, um, you know the the Ream Manufacturing Company and how they screwed all their employees. Did you find that fascinating? I knew about that. Yeah, that's where Nancy's husband had worked. Yeah, it's a uh, for those that, for those that don't know the, the ERISA laws. This is isn't this another example uh, that through the best laid plans of mice and men, nothing was more complicated and more uh, 
I'm going to say rigorous than the ERISA laws. Those were the original pension laws that the government came out with to guide and, and regulate firms that had these defined benefit programs. Firms like United Airlines, firms like Pullman, firms like Ream, firms like all these places. At the end of the day, doesn't it seem like everybody found a way to weasel around them? Isn't that scary? Well, they are. They will. Like, companies are going to do that. It's going to. It's a matter of survival. If they're going to weasel around and uh, stick it to their uh, employees, uh, they would do it. And that's. I think a lot of people don't have a lot of loyalty anymore because they don't believe they can count on a company to have their back. A lot of times. Well, the Pullman situation was, if if you if you messed well, not messed up if you miscalculated, and uh, you you your uh, fund became overfunded. You could not drain the excess funds out of there, but if somebody bought the company, they could. Now, first of all, who would ever put that in a law that had a, an ounce of common sense on the south side? Yeah, wait a minute. Somebody who got bought off? Maybe? So, I don't know. Somebody who got... Uh, who said that? Bought, bought off is such a bad word. It's such a bad word. The uh, Well, I, I had never heard the trick that Reem pulled. What Reem did is they closed the place. They offered everybody a job down in Mexico which, of course, nobody took, and they used that as the excuse to screw everybody. I, I had never heard that trick. I thought I'd heard most of them, but I had not heard that trick. Well, 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 well you know, on a smaller scale, uh, closer to home, I, uh, you know, who did that was, what was the auto place? Warshawski. Yeah. Everybody who has been around remembered Warshawski's at Archer and State. Uh, but they got sold off. Uh, by a friend of mine had worked there for years, and not a very well-paid job, but it was a job that she liked. And they either reorganized, uh, somebody bought them, and they moved to Peoria, I want to say. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it was Peoria. And they gave the people the same choice, come to Peoria or lose your job. Well, how many people wanted to you know, move to Peoria? So a lot of people didn't go. So they got the you know lower the number of employees uh, by doing it that way. They didn't tell you you were fired. They just said you got to come here. Here's where your job's going to be. Did Warshawskis have a pension? They probably did. Maybe um, they did. I believe they did, but some. Uh, uh, I don't even. It was this was a long time yeah. ago. I don't remember all the details, but uh, I don't know what people got, what they didn't get. Matthew, did you ever heard but of a another type of? You know, either you're coming or you're not getting something because I don't uh, believe my friend did get anything, even though I bet she worked there at least 15 years, maybe more. Matt, you ever hear of Warshawskis? Warshawskis, is that it? Yeah. No, I can't say I have. They were down on uh, what, Archer and State? Oh, they had a big. Yeah, it was well, the original, like, car mechanic mm. place, Dream Kidding. They had catalogs that you'd get any part that you wanted for anything there. It was all like, they had a, a store on the main floor, from what I remember, because when I worked downtown Chicago and I was young, I used to take the bus and it turned at the corner there. And yeah, well, had, it was Archer uh, it was State. A, at mm. that point, a really big deal. And they sent catalogs all over the country. Well, there were nothing but car places along State Street and Michigan Avenue. There were repair places on State and big car, and all the car places around Michigan was well, considered all uh, motor motor road. Yeah, it was motor road. They call it that motor road. Then it moved like the Western Avenue yeah, and other places. Room. But they uh, like on uh, Wabash. But, yeah, all of them were there too. But they were then the then time very innovative, in the sense they had a massive because everybody just 
could run across the street there and just buy the parts at Wachowski from all the, the dealers and, and mechanics across the street. But you know, what they, they also innovated, uh, man, this is very new age or our age. Mm-hmm. The, the catalog was about, you know, it was almost like the phone book. It was just loaded with stuff. So if you had like a, a 70 Jeep or something and needed a new fender, it would be in the catalog. Wow. But the fender would come from Matt Burns' fender joint in in. Montana. I see. Yeah. So, so it was very Amazon-like or eBay-like, where all these people, if you wanted, if you wanted to sell, um, you know, fenders for an old Jeep, you had to be in the Warshawski catalog. It was like Amazon, but except yeah, you except were buying, you were buying from American companies. Well, well not, no, no, <laughs> but I mean, you were buying from a catalog and not yeah, online. Yeah, oh yeah. So you'd call up Warshawski's and you'd say, "I need the, my tailgate on the Jeep." Well, they didn't inventory it; they didn't make it. So, but it would come to you from the guy in North Dakota. So it was amazingly innovative. It was like a step past the Sears catalog. I think Sears inventoried all that stuff. I'm not positive. Mm. And Matt, here's one for you. It was all answered by live, uh, mostly like uh, little old lady, middle aged little old ladies uh, filling the orders for yeah. you by phone, uh, by hand. Yep. <laughs> and did did this pick up anywhere else? Uh, they just I mean, they were there for. Decades, hmm. and all these all these ladies were all from the southwest side. They hop on the Archer Express. They'd get off get off at the bus stop in front of the place. They'd pile in, and there's twenty women answering phone calls all day long. And all all the parts were flying. I mean, you could get any anything you wanted for any car, but and they probably inventoried. What would you guess? So, twenty five percent of it, thirty percent. The rest just came right to your house from just like Amazon. I mean, they don't well, they didn't inventory anything until they started making these distribution centers, but. If, or, or eBay. I mean, if you go in there and you buy a camera part, it's coming right from the guy in North Dakota, right? But they were they were mm-hmm. huge innovators in that. So I right, we, we only have yeah. five minutes. What's going on in the in the, uh, in the retail market? You're still sort of busy, except uh, what is with everybody laying everybody off in the mortgage industry? There are thousands of people oh, are laid off. It's slowed down. Thank you, thank you, Fed. You've managed to watch that, so we're going to. Uh, you want to slow it down? Well. People stop buying houses. People stop buying furniture and renovating their house and moving up. And uh, let's 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 just widen the recession. Let's just make it worse than it is. Uh, I think that they need to uh, stop and take a breath here because this is. Uh, uh, I don't think it's helping. I think the uh, the government needs to stop spending. Of course, we just passed that other bill. So yep. um, I don't think it's the average person who is having a pretty nice life before the government managed uh, to come along and screw it all up with uh, shutting down uh, pipelines and raising interest rates. And now we're all really screwed. But they were. But I, think. I think, well, it's been, this has been coming for a real long time. They've been telling us how good things were doing COVID and after yeah, the fact is. Yeah, Well, yeah, well, the fact is it hasn't been good for. I don't think it's. I don't think. It's been good for me. Well, it's been good, for, but I'm saying I, a, a big chunk of the general population yeah. on it is not really. Dollar eighty nine gas was pretty good, as I recall. Well, what I'm saying is that really since the 2007 fiasco, a significant part of the population never got never got themselves back on track, and and you and it's never been. Well, that is true. The recession knocked a lot of people for a loop, and it's coming back. It's here now. People are hurting so badly, and. Uh, as my dad said, who had lived through a uh, depression, and he says it's not a recession; it's a depression when it gets to a certain point, and they're going to shove us right there. Well, all the money's going to fill a few people, and that's uh, that's what happens in all these bills. They name they name the winners. I mean, you you can read these bills, and you can you can look and see who's going to be 
the people that have all the money in the next decade. I mean, uh, yep. what do you think the scramble is, Odd, for uh, for people? I'd to like get to see what kind of stocks changed and uh, in the last few days. They're going to change hands this week among uh, this group of people. Uh, who are not supposed to trade? Wh- when, when do you think? We only have a couple of minutes. We don't dig into this politics too much, but or you, you, you know, you've been around. Uh, wait a minute. So you're my. You've got to be what forty? You're half my age plus ten or something like that. Anyway, the uh, when when did this all change? When did you're gonna have to get somebody new to talk to your show if you keep that up? Oh God. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did the, I don't believe when we and I were younger. I don't think any of our people, Democrats or Republicans, I don't think any of our people went to Washington and did nothing but trade stock and make money. When, when do you think this all changed? I mean, where, where all of a sudden this became okay? I mean, I, I don't know if there were any rules against it or or there were there were House rules in the Senate or, or the House, but I don't think I don't think Paul Simon was a traitor. I don't think Adley Stevens. I don't think Everett Dirksen. I don't think Peter Fitzgerald. I, mean, you can, I don't think Chuck Percy. Either side of the aisle. I think we sent a real lot of good senators. I'm not. You know what? I have not heard. Actually, I've not heard Durbin or Duckworth's name on any of these lists, so I'm not accusing them. But when all of a sudden did this become something you do all day? I mean, this, how did this I all think change? I people have no morals. I think the people there need to go. And I think uh, term limits are becoming more and more appropriate because these people think they own us and they need to go. Uh, anybody on both sides of the aisle would say, own this country just needs to go. You'd be voted out. And term limits, I believe, need with rotating years so you don't always get a new crop. You start rotating people in, get these old ones out. And uh, a lot of them have way overstayed their usefulness and their ability to take care of the people they're supposed to well, be. Some, well, someday we'll someday we'll have that discussion because on the on the I uh, just had a sort of argument with Kevin last week, and I I don't think it's a bad there's idea. Only, there's only a way to clean house, and you need to clean house. Well, I, I think it it has its merits, but it's I don't think it's a it's not a solution in the sense that. Well, whatever. We'll talk about it someday. We have more Nobody time. Nobody should be working in that place uh, when they're 80 years old. You get too nuts. Just remember, Rod, as you get older, everybody everybody who's old is always 10 years older than you. So if you're 90, somebody who's old is 100. I'm sorry. You, you know what? You need, no. You're too old. Knock it off. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> How's how's that for saying it, Matt? Is that a South Side view? Just go away. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't play left field anymore. Either go catch or get out of here. Get out of my face. Get out yeah. of my face. <laughs> on that happy note, on <laughs> the, uh, um, I tell you what, we, do we have any time here at all, Matt? Not really, huh? I was gonna we, say, we got a few minutes. We got uh, about five if you want to go. I was going to say, well, let's, let's do one. And I, I was stunned on by the... Uh, Man, I don't know if I didn't tell you this, but mm. one of the ladies downstairs who works at uh, O'Neill's, her poor dog needed some surgery hmm. uh, and had a tumor removed. Oh. G- guess what the tab was? I have to say, five hundred. That's my. That's my that's okay, my man. I guess five thousand. I was wrong. Wow. Try again. Uh, <laughs> oh, little cl- I, 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 I gotta say that I, I would say around five thousand. Then it was eleven grand. Wow. I, I I was stunned. I mean, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How much do they love the dog? That's the well, big question. Well, I, how can you how can you own an older dog? Yeah. Oof. I mean, it, that's I insanity. Think that's, that's kind of a robbery. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, how do you? It takes what? Two hours. So, so what what does the guy pay himself an hour? Well, where was the tumor? Do you know where the tumor was? The stomach, but it was a couple oh, okay. hours surgery. I mean, it wasn't not a brain tumor then. No. Okay. 
I mean, that, I mean I'm like... Uh, yeah, that's just crazy. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, you have to... If I, as a dog lover, an animal lover, who would do just about anything for my animals, as Tom, you have to really shop around, and you have to ask how much procedures are and what things cost, because mm-hmm. the veterinary field, uh, people... Yes, most of them love animals, but it's becoming so lucrative that the prices are just getting out of control for simple things. I think a lot of it has to do with the advent of the insurance. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they get into the pet insurance thing, and pet insurance isn't cheap either. No. All right, I will go. Have we have a great week. I will talk at you. Thank you very much. Um, have you, by the way, have you have you seen a lot of foreclosures off by you? You haven't really yet, have you? No. There's a stray one here and there, but no. But I think you just might see them coming in the next year. Yeah, oh, good. Mm. Anyway, take care of yourself. Yep. Matt, thank you. SP Futures down 29, ASA Futures down 63. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Have you ever heard the expression, the customer is always right?